Look, I got a testimony. I got to tell him what God did. I'm calling God the homie. He took me out of the mosh pit. I will contest the phonies. Separate demons and God's kids. I got to spread his word, so I'm going to show you who the God is. The word is my weapon. I move like a general. Thank you, everybody. Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode of Walk With Me. I am your host, JJ. I'm not sure if you can guys can tell as well as I can with this these new headphones, but we've had some recent upgrades to the studio. There's some recent upgrades to the equipment, and I am very, very thankful for that. I'm thankful for each one of you who've decided to spend a few minutes with us, a few moments with us, walking through our journey of the Bible. And this is a podcast of Christian topics. Uh, a lot of times we think that the Bible is irrelevant because it's written, quote unquote, so long ago. But this this podcast is about showing how relevant today's topics are with the Bible and, and how relevant the Bible is. Um, and I do thank you all so much. You could be listening to any other podcast, but you have chosen to uh, listen to this podcast. To that, I am eternally grateful. I thank God for each and every one of you. Thank God for your new listeners. Thank God for you old other listeners. I don't want to call you old, but I thank God for you other listeners who are sharing this podcast and telling everybody about it. Um, thank God for you know, True Bars, the lyricist, who's helped me with these upgrades uh, with the microphone and some of the setups. And also, So Exquisite Creations with the tumblers and help sponsoring the program. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. And again, I thank God for each and every one of you. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, you know that we've kind of been on this um, sort of a high altitude sort of journey through the Bible. You know, this happened and then that happened and then this book happened and then that book happened. But as you all know, I like to interrupt the walk for questions. And most of the time, the questions can be answered, you know, hey, with one paragraph or something like that. But there are some questions that cannot be answered in one paragraph where the answers to the questions would be so involved, it just makes sense to talk them out rather than trying to answer them in email. So if you have any questions about the Bible or anything like that, feel free to email me, walkwithmebiblestudy at gmail.com, walkwithmebiblestudy at gmail.com. And I got a question. Actually, this one did not come through the email. This actually was asked to me directly um, through a gaming app that I like to play that shall remain unnamed. Okay, yeah, okay, it's Lord's Mobile, okay? It's basically a, a conquest game. Not not getting paid for any sponsorship for this plug, as you would. Um, but he, the guy came to me and, and he asked me a question and then we had such a discussion about it. I said, hey, can I use this? question for this week's podcast and he said yes so here is the question and it's actually not a uncommon question it's a very common question that christians of all quote-unquote ages um, go through and by ages i mean i'm not talking about your spirit your physical age but your 
spiritual age. How long have you been living for God? How long have you been trying to um, do the right thing? Or how long have you been on this journey to heaven? Whatever terminology you'd like to use, I prefer to use living for God. So the question is, get ready, because this is a pretty deep one. How do I grow my faith? Now, again, this is a very common question. A lot of seminars have been done about it. A lot of money spent on people trying to study how to do it. A lot of preaching have been done about this subject. And some of it, you may have heard a different thing from what I'm about to tell you today. But everything I'm going to tell you is grounded in the Word of God. So here's the simple answer that we'll talk about. And then we'll go into why that simple answer is true. The simple answer is faith cannot be grown. Now I know, I know. Some of you say, what? No, faith cannot be grown. Faith it doesn't, the Bible does not talk about uh, faith being grown. It either talks about faith being there or faith is not being there. Now, I know somebody says, well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Ergo, if you hear more of the word of God, your faith will grow. No, the Bible doesn't say that. The faith comes by the preaching and preaching by the word of God. But that's the initial institution of the faith there is no you know any kind of connotation where it says that the more preaching you hear the more your faith will grow and and I'm saying this as someone who I've been accused of you know being a pastor in training or or someone who really loves talking about the word of God it's it's not about a you're not growing faith at this point but the Bible more talks about faith being a static, um, sort of a, a static option, as it were. You know, like you get a car and the car has an option about electric windows. Well, the more you use the electric windows, the windows don't get any better. As a matter of fact, they, they don't. And this is the way the Bible sort of talks about faith. And so let's talk about what faith really is. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, if I normally I will tell you, um, if we talk about a scripture, read a verse above it, a verse above it, below it, preferably the whole chapter. And the reason for that is context is important. Context is key. So what actually is Hebrews chapter 11, verse saying, verse 1 saying? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So in other words, faith is not something that, that you can exercise like, um, you know, like going to the gym and, and, you know, lifting weights. And all of a sudden you lift weights with the faith that your arms will get bigger. But you do that because you know that you've seen people do it. That's not exactly faith. You've seen people do it. So faith is something that is done because you've not seen the evidence of this ever occurring. Now, let's stop there. Well, JJ, I, I've heard, I, I know people have gotten healed 
So now, do, can I not have faith that I will get healed? Has your and to that I have to ask: Has your healing occurred yet? No. Now, are you believing God for your healing that hasn't occurred yet? Yes. Then you having the faith of something that you're, you're having the faith for something, the evidence of which you have not seen. So therefore, you saying that God is going to heal you is your faith. And that is how that is. And you get a certain amount of faith. And now what do you do with this faith? Now, for that, we go back to Ephesians chapter 6. Why are we going here? Now, this is a very familiar set of scripture for a lot of people who study the Bible a lot. Here it talks about the whole armor of God. And what is the, the, the whole purpose of the armor of God? Hebrews, I'm sorry, Ephesians 6 and 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. How? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but for principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay, so how? Okay, wherefore, take take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Now let's stop right there. You've done all you can do. Now let's talk about healing. You've done all you can do. Doctor said, take this pill. You take the pill. Doctor said, you got to get some exercises. You got to get, you go and you get the exercises. You, you've done, okay, you've done stretching. You've done, you, you've done everything. And up to now, you have not been healed. That's where this is. That's where you are. That's where faith kicks in. You've done all that you can to stand. Now we start talking about what the armor of God really is. Stand, therefore, having your learn loins gored about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now let's let's jump down to verse 16 because we are talking about faith here. Above all, now we talk about the breastplate of righteousness. A girdle of truth, your feet shall the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all these things, the shield of faith. Why? Because you're going to have some fiery darts coming at you, talking about either A, you're not doing this right, or God doesn't love you, or you're not going to get healed, or whatever it is that's going to shake your faith. A shield is not something that can be grown. I'm going to say that again. A shield is not something that can be grown. The only thing you could really do with this shield is learn how to use it. I had a, uh, uh, a sensei at one point. His name is Sensei Barrett. And he, I, I really loved that man. And... He told me a very interesting concept about the martial art that we studied. And he said, every attack is a, can be a block and every block can be an attack. Once you learn that concept there, you can apply that to anything else. And so you watch like um, 
different movies where I don't know if the even the producers realize that they're doing this, but sometimes people will take their shield and push off and and go forward with the with the shield and knock someone off balance. This is actually using the shield as an attacking battering ram. Every attack can be a block, and every block can be an attack. Therefore, if you know how to use your shield effectively, and, and let me just stop right here because usually this will happen when the person's sword is is gone. Either they've been disarmed or something's happening, and now they're using their shield as their primary weapon. The sword is gone. Now they are stuck with just their shield. And they somehow overcome their enemy. They they knock the, the opponent off balance and they use the shield to actually become victorious. Remember, the shield did not get any bigger. The shield did not get any heavier. The shield did not become more lethal than it was at the start at the very uh, very beginning of the battle. The shield, the shield of faith, stayed the exact same size, stayed the exact same weight. But it was the person who was wielding it is what changed its purpose from defense to offense. Therefore, if we take that concept and we apply it to the shield of faith and we we go with Hebrews chapter 11, now we can fully understand what Hebrews chapter 11 is saying. Because we had all of these scenarios where people used faith, like unbelievable faith. And even though sometimes some of the ones we're going to talk about misused their faith, they exercised their faith in such marvelous ways that God honored their faith. Remember, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So let's talk about that. Because in verse 6, it says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. It does not say, Without a huge amount of faith it's impossible to please God. It doesn't even say, Without strong faith it's impossible to please God. It just says, without faith. So it's either faith that God exists or faith that God doesn't. Is That's the thing. It's either faith that God exists or there's no faith and that God doesn't. So we talk about that because now they start talking about Noah uh, being warned of God of things not having happened yet. Noah had no reason to believe that God was going to destroy the planet with water, except the fact that God told him they had never seen rain. They had never, where he built the ark was in a place that was inaccessible by water. And he spent 120 years doing it, all based on faith, because God said it. God said, do this. Noah said, okay, um, I believe you, God. I'm going to go and do it. Abraham, Abraham was told to leave his comfort zone. He went out and he he kind of messed up his faith a little bit because he figured, well, God told me what to do it, but he didn't tell me how to do it. So I'm going to kind of do it my way. And then God did it his way. 
But the mere fact that Abraham went and stepped out and still waited 25 years. And now we're talking about um, Isaac and Jacob. Also, the heirs with the same promise, the same faith that was given to Abraham was also given to Isaac and Jacob. So yes, folks, um, you are responsible for the kind of faith or teaching your kids how to use faith. Because that's exactly what happened there. Abraham taught Isaac. Isaac taught Jacob. And that faith was passed on. Now, all of these died in faith, not having received the promise. And we're talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They had never received the promise that they that they were given, but they knew by faith that, that promise was coming. So we can go on through Hebrews chapter 11, but for the sake of time, I, I encourage you to read the entire chapter and you will see things kind of starting to jump out here where there's no mention of how to grow your faith. There's no mention on how to get faith. Either you have it or you don't. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I, I know that the devil will, will kind of sneak in here or, or wherever you're listening to it, or maybe you have to you turn off the podcast and say, maybe you don't have faith. Oh, you have faith. You have faith. There was a part of you that believes. There's a part of you that accepts. There's a part of you that knows just for for, for no explanation. <laughs> No explainable reason, no fathomable reason that God exists and God is giving you a a, a promise and that that promise will come to pass. There is a place, there is a place in your soul right now that knows this is happening. Even though there is no possible way, there's no possible way that that this thing could kind of come to pass. You're sitting there with a a, a spiritual problem in a spiritual problem you're sitting there with a physical problem you're sitting there with a financial problem now I, I, I trying to kind of stay away from those because some of our financial problems we brought upon ourselves just like some of our physical problems we brought upon ourselves and God may be allowing us to go through these things as a judgment to kind of teach us a lesson about what we have done and what we haven't done not talking about that. I'm talking about an actual promise, an actual trial that God is bringing you through. And let me also say this too. There is a way, um, there is a situation to where we are are sort of, we're having our, our faith exercised, not grown, but exercised. And that's when we have a, a trial. Okay, and this is uh, talked about in 1 Peter chapter 4, and that's in verse 12, verse 4 and 12. Remember now, verse 2 above, verse 2 below. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice. That's where your faith is. The faith is in the trial, is when you rejoice. In so much as you are particular by sufferings that when his glory shall be revealed, 
you may be glad also with exceeding joy. That is your faith. So a lot of things that, that are being used by faith or you're using faith to do. And the more you use your faith, the stronger the faith gets. Notice I did not say the bigger your faith gets, not to say um, the more prominent your faith gets. You just get to use it and you get more experienced at when to use it or how to use it. Uh, in some of my travels, I've, I've seen people who, if I've seen people, and I'm trying to figure out how to word this correctly, I've seen people go up against um, weapons that were much bigger and much more formidable than their own. And because they knew how to use the small weapon that they had, they were over, able to overcome the bigger weapon. You know, uh, so for example, someone going with you know, somebody with a knife, a kitchen knife, fighting someone with a samurai sword, a katana. And because that person with the kitchen knife was so much more skilled at using that kitchen knife, they were able to overcome the person with the much longer blade in the katana. And our faith is like that. Our faith um, should be like that. The more you train with it, the more the more trials you go through, the more experience you have with how much faith you have makes you a lot more no, not deadly. Much more effective you are with your faith, and that's where we—that's where we are, and that's what—that's why the reason. The short answer is no. You cannot grow your faith, but you can exercise your faith and become much more effective with it. It can become be able to use be used the way you need it to be used because that's what God intended. That's why God gave us all a measure of faith. The Bible talks about that, that we all have a measure of faith. And that is going to be in Romans 12 and 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Again, verse or two above, verse or two below, but preferably the whole chapter. But that verse right there tells us that, okay, because I'm sitting behind this microphone doesn't make me any more faithful than you. Because I get up and I, I stand behind the pulpit does not make me any more faithful than you. We have all been given a measure of faith, a little piece of faith. But... Jesus said, if you have the seed, the faith the size of a mustard seed, which you already have considerably more of, you can say to this mountain, be tossed into sea. Now, I'm not going, I'm not telling you guys to go out there and say to the Sears Tower, get into the middle of Lake Michigan. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that for Jesus to say that, Jesus speaking in parable, in parable, I'm sorry, I'm all excited now. Jesus is speaking in parables saying that thing that you think can't be moved, you could just speak it in faith that it be moved out of your way. That's what faith is. That's what exercising your faith is. Now, your faith must also line up with the word of God to where your word of God, uh, your, your 
faith is lined up with the word of God. In other words, don't sit there and say, you know, God is going to destroy my enemies when you're the one that caused the enemy. Don't say God is going to help me get away from these cops when I'm the one that robbed the bank. That's not faith. So we have to be very careful in that, that, you know, you are doing everything that God is telling you to do. Remember, having done all you can do to stand. That's it. Just stand. And we have to be careful. We have to very, be very careful. I'm, I'm always using that. I guess I'm, that's a catchphrase. We have to be careful. When we use a faith and make sure that we're not misappropriating faith because God is not mocked. Whatever we sow, we will reap. Now, that is not to say that God can't give us mercy. And that too is faith. But remember, we have to be able to do the things that we're supposed to do so that we can stand. All right. I hope this helped. And if you have any other questions, even if you have questions based on what we talked about today, go ahead and email me. Walk with me. Bible study at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for being a part of this. I really do appreciate each and every one of you. And that's just, uh, I'm sorry. I I know it may seem like a a short uh, podcast today. That's just touching the surface. But yes, we we all have faith. We all can make our faith stronger, but not exactly grow it. All right. Love you all. God bless you. See you on the next one. Everything I been do, give me a reason. Give me a reason. I got this spread of words of a genius. Words of a genius. Everybody needs to know who the leader. Who the leader. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I been do, give me a reason. Give me a-